Thank you again for tuning in to the Nerds Who Live podcast. As always, I'm your host, Nicholas, and thank you for coming back for another episode. On this week's episode, we have the one, the only, our lovely, hilarious, and intellectual friend, Miss Crystal Miranda. Now, Crystal is the founder of the Healthy Mind Movement. If you don't know, the Healthy Mind Movement is an Instagram page that she started that is different than other you know, motivational, those type of Instagram pages because she helps promote mental wellness, mental health, and self-growth through evidence-based information because Crystal is an actual PhD student in psychology. And she is hilariously a wonderful psychology nerd. She has two adorable little puppies actually named Maslow and Pavlov. And I find that endlessly hilarious and a testament to her nerdisms and I love her for it. Um, she has been a great supporter of the show for whatever reason I did to deserve that. Really, for a good while now that I've had it, she even was one of the original uh, people who ordered the limited run of shirts that I did. Um, and she's been so supportive. And finally, we just had to have her on because she is everything about the show. She's a powerlifter, she's nerdy, and she's a psychologist who's. Uh, dissertation was on how emotional states affect athletic performance and and whatnot. And we do get into a little bit on that in the interview with me and Miss Amber Dawn and Crystal. So a lot of good stuff there. She is, again, a highly informative person who really comes at a different perspective. She's, you know, our age, I believe she's 27 or 28. Um, and so she just, she brings a really fresh perspective um, to it all, and me and Miss Amber Dawn had a wonderful time talking to her, and I think there'll be a lot of fun to be had. You also, you know, haven't caught it, you know, we recorded this episode, finally got her on, but then shortly after, she actually did the Ritual podcast and did a wonderful episode for them, so if you haven't gone and checked that out, please go do so and go and enjoy that because it was also great. So, yeah, lots of fun in store, and then now you know, y'all can hear us shoot the shit and uh, be dorks and it was a lot of fun but a lot of also really cool information that we get into about mental health um, you know what she does how she got into it and just a lot of good stuff so do check out the ritual podcast episode with crystal and hopefully i'll also enjoy this one um you know there are different so uh, just loads of great information that she has to offer in a wonderful page and concept that she has you know brought and has just been great to share and, you know, learn from. So, yeah, it's great for all. So, without much further ado, here is Miss Crystal Miranda of the Healthy Mind Movement on the Nerds Who Live podcast. What's up, homie? <laughs> just waking up. <laughs> <laughs> I have my glasses on so I can see what's happening. Uh, There's not a lot happening. <laughs> that's not true. Your face oh is Oh, Lord. Happening. No, I just like straight up a little bit. 
like, <laughs> I slept into like 10.30 today and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so late. <laughs> oh, I, I was up at like fucking seven. Yeah, why were you up so early? I like, I even tried to continue sleeping. Once I'm up, I'm like, I'm up. I was restless all night and like, at a certain point, if I, I'll try to stay in bed, but once the like hunger and want for coffee takes over, I'm just like, fuck it. No, we just we had like a really bad it's still really windy we had an awful windstorm last night and i think like the energy in the air kept me up because i was super restless as well and i was like yeah clock rolled around and i'm like are you serious like i've taken uh, melatonin i've taken a couple edibles and nothing nothing well uh, well, Crystal, Amber, Amber, Crystal. Hello. So, nice to meet Crystal. you. Um, so yeah, thanks for thanks for coming on, homie. I appreciate it. And uh, as soon as you, because like, obviously I, I've always liked your page, um, oh, the help of my movement page, and um, especially the talking about men's health, mental health is one of my favorite posts. Um, the men's mental health one. Yes. Um, so was always one of mine. And then when you said you di- told me your dissertation, obviously I was like, you must come on the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have switched my dissertation topic about four times. And finally I was like, you know what? Um, it's going to be a little harder for me to do what I'm doing just because there's not that much research on it, but yeah. I, I'm totally for it. So I mean, someone has to do the research then at some point. Right, and I guess I, I volunteer. Yeah, to do it. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, kind of like I told you when we were messaging about doing it, I was like, yeah, just, I would be just kind of cool to hear how you, like about you, and then obviously how you made the page, because it's really, it's a really great page. Um, Thank you. Share, and then, yeah, then obviously I think the, like, the, like, is the emotional connection between sports perform, between sports performance exactly, or sports performance and how it Thanks. Right. Okay. It's um it's the relationship by the way, I apologize in advance. My dog is probably gonna be barking on and off That's throughout okay. <laughs> Yeah, he's already bothering me here. Um yeah, it's the, the connection, the correlation between emotional states and athletic performance in strength athletes. Which is pretty pretty rare. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> I was like, this seems pretty pretty good to study, so that's what I'm doing. Yeah, well, I mean, I think, and when, I know we've, uh, me and Amber have talked about it before about like how, um, you know, especially in powerlifting, it's very, it's very common to get very hyped up, to get very amped between, right. you know, ammonia, trap slaps, face slaps, mm-hmm. you know, butts, I mean, whatever to get you going to do it. And then, <laughs> whatever works. Much, yeah, when there's too much, there's too much of like an adrenaline dump and it affects your performance negatively, or there's not enough okay. arousal to like, Absolutely. And I think that um, I, I got into like powerlifting through association a few years ago. And one of the things that I've always really liked about it, I think that I find the most intriguing is the setup, what somebody does just right before a really heavy lift. I yeah. love watching people like get into like the, the groove, like into the zone of things. Like you said, some people go super like zero to a hundred, right? They start listening to like the metal music or sniffing the ammonia, hyping themselves up. And then some people um, are super like calm, right? They close their eyes. Mm. They don't really like the crazy heavy music. 
snake. So I was always, you know, curious as to, I wonder which one, if either, you know, have a better effect on their performance um, than the other. So that's what, that's what I decided to study. Yeah, which is, yeah, really cool. And, and I'm interested to hear like what you found so far, but yeah, but let's start at the beginning. Yeah. So give an introduction and then, and then, yeah, what brought the page and then to dissertation about that. So, okay, that works. Um, so I am a mental health professional. I've been in the field for, um, I would say about seven years now. Um, I currently work in corrections. So I work as a psychotherapist for inmates. Um, I do group therapy and individual therapy with them. Um, in Miami, right? In Miami, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dade, so, County. Dade County. Dade County, yeah. 305. So I, um, I, do, I do that. I, do, I work with inmates with a diagnosed mental illness. And like I said, I do individual therapy with them. I do group therapy, clinical assessments, whatever, whatever they need. Um, but um, my, so initially my dissertation and all my research was going to be in that, in criminal justice and mental illness, yeah. um, you know, to see if, um, how can we reduce recidivism rates, um, especially for the mentally ill population. But then I found this and I was like, this seems a lot cooler. And I went with that. Yeah. Um, so I, I started the Healthy Mind Movement page a little bit less than a year ago. Um, I did it mostly it was something that i don't know it was it was something that i wanted to do for a long time i don't know it was that specifically um as much as i love working with the population that i work with um it's very specific um and there's not a lot of uh resources that i can use in such a restrictive environment so it makes it a lot more difficult right i can't tell you hey you know go take a a beach day a mental health day because you're you know, yeah. what you can do in jail. <laughs> so yeah, exercise, true. you know, a little yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, I decided to start the page, um, mostly because I was at a point, it was about, like I said, it was about last summer and I was really applying. I had started to apply what I preach, right? Like the practice, what you preach. I was really active in, um, doing things like, you know, like I, like the adaptive way, right. Journaling. Yeah. Um, exercising, um, you know, asking for help if you need it, things like that. And I really had seen an improvement in my life. Um, and I figured, why not share that with other people? So I remember specifically the moment that kind of clicked on, like it had a little epiphany. And it was during a group therapy session. And I had asked my, my patients what mental health means. And I got all types of answers. Mental health means you're crazy. It means you have uh, schizophrenia. It means you hear voices. It means you've been to a psych hospital. Um, it means you're suicidal. And I was like, well, if this you know, specific population has this mentality, I'm sure a lot of other people have that mentality as well. Um, so I decided to create some sort of foundation where I can share things that has worked for me and I know works for others um, as an educational piece. So things like cognitive distortions, adaptive coping mechanisms, um, defense mechanisms, cognitive biases, things like that, um, and kind of educate the community um, as a way to empower them to to make the changes in their life that, so they can grow and, and be a lot happier. That's, that's really cool. And you're right. I feel that there is the initial stigma with mental health that people 
Oh, absolutely. They oh. hear my mental health and they, they think it's, it has something to do with a negative connotation. Like you're just dealing with something like depression or you know, right. schizophrenia or bipolar. It's like that has part to do with it, but it's not everything. Mental health could just be simply yeah. <laughs> how you're living day to day, how you feel every day. Yeah. And yeah. And I think that, and that's a very good point. And I think that it's because a lot of people don't realize that mental health and mental illness are two completely different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the fact that, it, that if that I think there's a misconception that if you're quote unquote, a healthy person, you will not have any mental health issues, which yeah. is also true. So I think a lot of people then who have dealing with mental health issues feel guilty or hide it or don't want to go about that because they will somehow see that that uh, discredits their value, you know, somehow. It's just this stigma. It's a weird stigma that comes with it. The one that I hate the most is it's like you're seeking attention if you talk about it. Yeah. Um, Particularly say like, I think social media is a great outlet to express what you're going through, how you're feeling. I mean, I use it for myself. It's almost like a, a way to journal, but it's also a way to reach out to other people and to um, bring other people in. Cause the, the thing that I dealt with the most was not feeling like anybody related to my issues. Mm-hmm. And if you can reach one person or have one person reach out to you, whom relates to your, whatever you're talking about, you can create an open conversation that could change your mindset that could just completely turn your day around. Absolutely. So, yeah, and I think I you go into this field or it just, I mean, you know, you go into the mentality that you want to help everyone, right? But that's obviously mm-hmm. not the case. But like you mentioned, you know, if you even help one person, that's, that's significant. Yeah, and it, and it goes. And then what's been the, you know, since you started your page, like what's, I mean, I imagine you've probably got lots of, you know, feedback or, you know, that to tell people or like how that's impacted them, I imagine. Yeah, um, I've actually been really surprised at the feedback that I've received. Um, just because I love psychology, I yeah. that's my thing. I love it, and I, you know, and I, I can't expect people to love it as much as I do. But um, I've gotten great feedback. Everyone, you know, tells me, you know, thank you so much. I really read over your post. Um, it's really helped me, or it's made me feel like, hey, you know, it's okay that some days I don't feel so great, or it's okay that hey, if I'm not doing so hot, like I can go ask for help. Um, I got, I've gotten so many requests like, Hey, can you point me out to a therapist or how do I get a therapist? Which is awesome to hear because there's yeah. no, shame in, there's no shame in, in therapy or medication or whatever it is. that's going to help you. Yeah. And then especially just, you know, I think when people hear, you know, can get a name to something, you know, or, you know, like I said, you share, you know, content on your posts and obviously you are educated. So it's not just coming from Karen on the internet. It's you are a professional. You are, this is what you do. It's obviously what you love. And so it's cool to read something informative. And then when they relate to it and know like, oh, this actually, you know, this again, this isn't just coming out of left field. This is, you know, you are hearing that. And unfortunately, any type of therapy is expensive. So getting any type of, um, not opinion, but any type of um, input, from a professional is value. So really, I mean, that's you, when you put that stuff up, you know, and I, you know, and I liked it, but I found out you were, you know, that's what you did for a living. I think that's really cool because that is your time and schooling and profession that you're just kind of giving away. 
Mm -hmm. and yeah, and I wanted to make sure because you you mentioned something really important. Um, both of you did. You know, social media is great. You know, it could be um, very much a way to relate. It's a way to seek help or or find some sort of correlation with other people and and things like that. But sometimes I think that when you know, especially when we're struggling. Um, we try to hold on and grasp to whatever is going to make us feel better, right? Whether it's a quote, whether it's whatever it may be, but sometimes the information on the internet or social media is not the most accurate, right? So I wanted to make sure that whatever I was posting and was coming from, you know, evidence-based information. Yeah. That was one of the things. There he goes. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> Such opinions. He obviously does not agree with you completely. No, he doesn't. <laughs> Pavlov, come here. You know uh, your dog, Pavlov? I did. Fuck. <laughs> Christ. Of course you did. I did. I did. Oh, it's so God. funny because so many people don't like, a lot of people, they're like, what is your dog's name? Pavlov? Pavlov? <laughs> like, Pavlov. Pavlov's theory. Yeah. <laughs> so nerdy. That's true. That's truly nerdy. <laughs> that, that's that's oh, that's almost as nerdy as naming your cat Schroeder. Uh, oh. yeah. You know what it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this is Pavlov. Are you familiar with Pavlov's theory, Amber? Yes, I'm familiar with Pavlov's okay, theory. Okay, I don't know. Fuck, <laughs> it's not an insult. Just... Some good old classical conditioning. Yeah. <laughs> I don't fucking know. I, this was a question, huh? <laughs> Uh, but um but yeah so what i was saying that it was just that you know i wanted to do evidence-based stuff which was was really helpful um and one of the reasons why you know i wanted to make sure that i emphasize on the evidence-based information was um a lot of people like self-care self-care is a really popular term that you hear all the time right like yeah. getting my done self-care bubble baths self-care you know making macaroni and cheese self-care but uh it's not necessarily self-care you know self-care is a lot more than that Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of times I think we really confuse self-soothing with self-care, you know, oh. getting our nails done. It's great. I mean, I, I have been, it's been, this quarantine has been rough, you know, cause I'm a huge advocate for getting your nails done. But at the same time, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's something that we have to remember that, you know, getting your nails done is going to make you feel better in the moment, but it's in a the moment. Yeah. I, I feel like that should be a post of yours at some point, self-soothing versus self-care. Because I think that's a good point. That it, those are two different things. Yeah, they are. And people yeah. don't realize that. You know, like, let me indulge in this. For example, I'm having such a crappy day. I'm going to come home and I'm going to order pizza because I'm not going to eat whatever was on my meal plan, right? So, yeah. yeah, you feel good and you feel, have that dopamine rush for the moment, but it goes away. And then you're still stuck with your problems. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I know, and I think that's a, I mean, like, I, I really, I, I resonates with for me because I had to, this past year, especially learned the difference between self-soothing and so and I didn't put that name to it, but it's knowing that I knew how to deal with things in a soothing way to like feel better in the moment and just kind of move past Absolutely. as opposed to, to, to dealing with uh, the trauma root itself. Right. And, and there's and, nothing wrong with self-soothing and don't get me wrong. Cause sometimes right. we need self-soothe in order to even have the mental space to move forward. Yeah. So. Yeah. But it's just yeah, they, they facilitate each other for sure. Right. But if you're only doing, you know, just the soothing and you're not doing the the care that comes afterwards, then absolutely things like yeah. journaling, things like therapy, things like um, exercise. All those, you know, those are long term um, 
long-term, uh, you know, benefits. And it's, it's something that you can, that will help you not just in the moment, but you know, more, like more time. Would you say self-soothing is almost along the lines of enabling as well? Yeah. So adaptive and maladaptive, right? So like I said, it goes back to like these things, like, okay, you know, once again, going back, you come home from work or you had a really crappy day and I just want, I'm going to, I just need a beer, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, right? It's nothing wrong with that. It makes you feel good. You like the taste of it. It calms you down. But once again, after you drink that beer, now it's like, all right, let me, I've already calmed down. Let me move on, you know? So, right. So sometimes, you know, maladaptive coping is we enable ourselves, you know, in the most unhealthiest of ways because that doesn't Mm -hmm. last very long. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because, I mean, uh, I grew up with eating disorders and that is, it's definitely a disorder. That's a mental disorder. 100%. Um, how, however, just in conversation right now, I'm like looking at my disorders almost as uh, enabling the issues that I was dealing with. Um, you know, I haven't, I haven't had a binge in about a year now, but uh, it was definitely a way for me to cope with whatever issues I was going through. So even though it was a mental disorder and it is a mental disorder it was also a way for me to enable myself to not deal with the shit I was going through oh 100 percent um you know I'm very happy to hear first of all that it's been a year since your since your last been that's that's amazing first of all and um yeah you know a lot of people that's why that's why there's so many people out there who are really hurting on the inside right and they Mm. just because they don't realize that what we don't fix or what we don't take care of will come back at some point. And when we're masking, you know, our pain through, you know, controlled eating, through drugs, through alcohol, through sex, through whatever, we're only delaying our healing. We're not really Mm -hmm. doing anything else. The the, the pain is still there. We're just dragging it out, you know, and causing even more issues. Right. At some point we're going to be triggered. Absolutely. And that word is so overused. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that, that it drives me insane because it sounds like when you say I've been triggered by something, some people might think, oh, and they just roll their eyes, but there are legitimate triggers that can bring up whatever demons you might be battling. Yeah. It's a very real thing. It's not something to roll your eyes at or to overuse because it's, it's, it's like a fad word. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and there's more, you know, there's circumstantial triggers. People are triggers, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, memories are triggered there's just you know that's why it's so important to like I said you know understand that whatever we're not healing or we're working on just comes back in some way shape. Yeah. I think also one of the hardest things are when people are self-soothing or they are working around legitimate triggers is because they don't know the proper steps to take to heal yeah. they don't actually know like how do I go about that and then what is you know, or we do know like, oh, I need, I should, like therapy would be the way to do that, but fuck, I can't afford that. Or I have no idea where to start looking for that if I could afford that. And then who would I talk to? Because trying to find a therapist is a, I mean, I, I, I've yet to go because I can't afford it, though I would eventually love to. Um, but, you know, it's then it's like, man, how do you find, you know, find the right one? It's its own, it's, it's very daunting. Like, I mean, for myself, I've thought about it. Like, that's a daunting-ass task. Just, like, finance, 
and then um, you know finance and then and then where to start and then who. Absolutely. Well, even up here in Canada, it's really difficult. We're like our, our healthcare system is actually quite good, mm-hmm. and they make it quite easy for us to find what we're seeking. But therapy is very complicated to come across, Absolutely. especially good therapy. Yeah. No, and even here, I actually I, I I wrote a post about that months ago, and it was um, so going back to briefly through my through my current patients in in jail, mind you, yes, they're currently inmates. But these people are of all ages, all ethnic backgrounds, all kinds of disorders, all kinds of upbringings. Anybody can get in trouble at any point, right? So these are the same people that are currently right now are in jail. That doesn't mean that they're not out of the community in a few months, you know? So that mentality where I, I realized that anybody, you know, can be um, going through a rough patch and they need that, that push to get better. And also they told me, you know, I don't know what triggers are. What's a trigger? How do I get a therapist? I've never been to therapy. I'm not crazy. I don't need that. You know, and it's getting a therapist is not an easy task by any means, you know, not only, especially if you don't have insurance, you don't know, it's very expensive. Um, Mm -hmm. And even then like the titles of what's a psychiatrist, what's a psychologist, what's a licensed clinician, what's a social worker, you know, and it's, I had written a post about that because now let's say that you do have the means, right? Now you're going through the process and then you have all these hundreds of people in your area with all these letters behind their name. You're like, which one do I pick? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just that lack of, the lack of knowledge in the, in the subject. And then also how to get, I've had people that I know who are able to start therapy, you know, are able to start going and then they start going to therapists and they, they don't, like they don't, they don't really vibe with the therapist, but they don't know how to say it. <laughs> to the therapist like they feel bad and so they stick it out and they end up not liking it and not getting anything out of it because they just kind of go through the motions like yeah so thank you so much for saying that I people are like oh my god therapy is so weird and I'm like I get it but think of therapy as weird as it sounds this comparison think of it like dating right you go on a first date with someone and if you don't vibe don't you don't call them back (laughs) right yeah you don't have to explain yourself. There's just, you don't have a connection. There's nothing that you can do about that. So the same thing with therapy. Yeah. And they're, and they're professionals. Like that's part of the, they know that's part of the job. Absolutely. Yeah. If you, if you can't build that relationship with them, you're not going to want to open up to them. Right. Part of the therapeutic process is the therapeutic mm-hmm. relationship. If people don't understand that, yeah. you know, and it's like, you know, and right. If you don't vibe with your therapist or it's, you just don't do it. And it's also, I don't know about you. I mean, I have my own therapist and I've, you know, I have had gone through different therapists throughout, you know, my, my life, but it was more like, I don't know if somebody's really, really old or like way much older than you, they're not going to understand little things like, Oh, so I don't know. I, he likes some girl's picture on Instagram. They're like, what is that? Who cares? You know? <laughs> and it's like, it's too much real life though. Too much real life. It sounds dumb, <laughs> but it's like, it's relevant, you know? And if you don't wonder, if you're not meeting me where I'm at, we're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. One of the funniest things I've heard from somebody um, when it comes to like trying to find a therapist was uh, it was one of my, it was a guy friend and he was like, you know, I, I don't want to like my therapist. So why don't you want to like your therapist? He's like, well, if I like my therapist, then I might end up like liking my therapist. And I was like, okay. That you, sounds very Freudian, but yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah exactly. That's, yeah, that's kind of, I think I said something along those lines. I was like, okay, that's a little like, that, that's a complex. That's a, that's some like fantasy complex bullshit. What, right. 
what free premium quarantine Pornhub page were you watching? <laughs> hey, I mean, it happens. I've had I've had clients who are like, so, you know, after after today's session, you want to go, you know, get a drink. And I'm like, <laughs> like, oh my bro. god! Even as a personal trainer, like, yeah. I get that so frequently, and I'm like, bro, no business. Like, this is yeah. where we draw the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know what I it's think? Like, I think is that people when they're like, "Oh my god, like she gets me," or they get me. Yeah. It's nice, and you're like, "No." That's actually <laughs> and one of, so one of my I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull it up. It, it goes back to like one of there's another psychologist who I who I follow who very much like you posts really like really great <laughs> stuff and oops, no shut up um, is an act but yeah but posts really great stuff and I'm gonna have to find it but said something about knowing the difference between types of dynamics and people who like they literally they, they misinterpret they misinterpret um you know good healthy relationships mm-hmm. and, and uh, unresolved trauma can confuse similar be- uh, familiar behaviors and sexual attraction so it's like someone's nice to you or they're you know they have some sort of stuff and you confuse that as sexual attraction it's like no i'm just we're just <laughs> We're just being nice people. Like it's not. Yeah. So in jail, mind you, these guys haven't seen, (laughs) they don't see much, many women. Right. So you can look like whatever. And they're all, they're all for it. Right. So all my patients are like, you know, Miss Miranda. Uh, (laughs) And I'm like, guys, no, just because I said good morning to you doesn't mean I want you. Okay. (laughs) Because I asked you how you're doing. Doesn't mean I ask you how you doing. (laughs) Exactly. And they don't get that. But you know, oh. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe they do, but it's the one women they get to see, so they're just gonna like, you know what? They're like, yeah, you know. Yeah. If you ever need a confidence boost, just start working in jail. I'm just gonna let you know that. Say so, what? If you guys ever need a confidence boost, just start working in jail. I don't think that's the same confidence boost for me as it is for you. <laughs> well, no, we have we. I have um, female patients, and they're the same thing. There you go, Nicholas. <laughs> right. <laughs> Ray, let's not let's not put me in a female correction episode. Not do that. That would that would not end well because I'd end up liking the attention. I'd be like, yes, <laughs> these hard bitches like me. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Get a call. These two girls shaped each other. Why? Because you flipped their schedules. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Fuck. Damn it, Becky. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely an interesting environment. I'm not even gonna. <laughs> I'm not yeah. even gonna lie. Pr- prison is a weird, like, micro ecosystem. <laughs> it is. It is. I've learned. Listen, since I started working there, I've learned a lot of new terms that I had no idea what they meant. Um, I just know a lot of. I don't know. I, I've learned a lot, of, like street life stuff. And they always yeah, like, like, <laughs> like what? No, I, 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 no, I'm curious. You can't like, just like open that door and then. Yeah, yeah like, through it. Come on. A whole other hour, okay? Say what? <laughs> it's gonna be a whole other hour of slang. Training. I mean, I mean, you could just drop. You say you like some terms, like like what, like what, like like shanking or what? Um. Well, no shanking. Yeah, well, I mean, we all yeah, know what shanking yeah. is, but I was giving. I don't a know what that means. I was like, yeah, yeah. that's pretty common. That's a common. <laughs> yeah, I know. As example. Um. No, now you put me on the spot. And I can't think of any. But the other day, I was we were playing this like icebreaker game in group I forgot what it was and it was just like they were saying all these terms and I'm like in my mind I was like I need to write these down so I can google them because I don't want to look like a total loser because you know yeah. they're gonna be like, this friend doesn't know anything right <laughs> they're yeah. like, they, are, they already think I'm super uncool and like straight edge right because I'm just like don't do drugs 
you know, make good life choices. Yeah. <laughs> and so basically it's middle school again. Yeah, that's what it's it is. It's 100% middle school. Yeah. That's what it is, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's like weird. Like, what did they say the other day that I was laughing? They were all laughing. They were saying something, um, Keisha or something. And they were like cracking up and everyone was laughing. And I'm like, I don't understand what this means. And they're like, Keisha means sex. And I'm like, I have no, I didn't know that. And I don't understand the, the reference, but they're cracking uh. up. But it was definitely very middle school vibes. That's no, I don't know that. That, <laughs> that's, that might, yeah. Yeah, that's weird. I don't know. Real talk. I don't know. It's, I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure there's um, geographic too. I mean, obviously <laughs> Miami, Florida versus like LA County. Like, I'm sure where there's different stuff. Right. 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 Yeah. I'm, so I mean, I have not. I have been fortunate enough not to be incarcerated, but I mean, I grew up with home with around the homies, so. That oh, was. so you're good. You're good. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I grew up. I grew up around cholo. I grew up around cholos. I was like, I was like the token white guy in a group of like cholos. Cause they just thought they're just like you're funny. You're smart. I'm like your typical white Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> I was an angel. You were an angel. Yeah, I was the angel too. I was just the token white boy. Like, I just hung out with other white people. That's all That's we had here in Canada. See, it was all the white people were boring. White I wanted to hang out with the I was in band and I hung out with the skater boys and the I was boys. in. They were all white. I was in theater and hang out with the gangsters and that was great. That was good. They, they asked me to come over. They're good balance. Yeah, it is. Like, come over. Like, hey, Hans, come over. Mom made all those compoyo. Like, sweets. That was my favorite Halloween costume. I dressed up like a like an L.A. chola. And I, yes. I was really into it. I didn't want to take my outfit off. Like I, I struggled <laughs> to take it off. And I <laughs> like, I, like I, I gave, gave that identity, internalized it. Did you give her a name? I did, and you know, I, I did, and I just, I just went with it. But it was, it was definitely. Oh, I'll give me an excuse to do it again. <laughs> do it again, and I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll it. I feel like. <laughs> I feel like you would be like a smiley or like a mentirosa or something like that. <laughs> like just like, you know. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta dress up again and see and see how I feel, see the vibes I get. Yeah, or if you do like a really like heavy cat eye, like maybe you'd be like cat eye or something. I, I did, know. and I did, the, I did the fake tattoos. I did it all over myself. It was great. Oh was yeah, great. oh yeah, got you could be like gata. That'd be your chola name, gata. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. I'm so Canadian. Huh? I am so Canadian and white because I'm like. <laughs> This is going like right over my head. Like, I'm, I'm going. I'm gonna prescribe you some like really like West Coast gangster movies, Amber. Some Blood In, Blood Out, and some American Me, and you'll like get educated. It'll, it'll. it'll you have some homework. Yeah, you get you get some homegirl homework. It's great. <laughs> oh, great. yeah, it, it's fun. It's fun. Um, I lost my train of thought. That was too funny. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine Miranda like in the hardcore chola, like big boop earrings. Like, all right. Uh, <laughs> moving on. So <laughs> you, um, are you a partner with Metro Life, correct? I am. Mm -hmm. Yes. Nice. Yeah, we were trying to, we were, we, were, um, we were trying to figure that out. Yeah, no, um, I, I think it's definitely a really good app and before I even um, started a partnership with MetroLife, I would refer to to like patients or um, obviously you know um, outside <laughs> jail, but um, and like yeah. you know, workers and and you know coworkers and people that I know, um, just because it keeps you really accountable. And mm -hmm. when we, I don't know about you guys, but for me, I'm a, definitely a visual learner. Yeah, if I don't write anything down or I don't physically see it, I forget about it. 
and it doesn't really it doesn't really stick so the fact that it's just as easy as literally an app you know um yeah. and it, it makes you really self-aware of what you're lacking and you know i i'm super guilty of being all over the place i have so many things on my plate that sometimes it's really hard to be balanced but when i don't yeah. sleep <laughs> I feel like shit and yeah. it impacts me and affects me in other areas of life. If I'm not sleeping, I wake up super early. I'll go to all day at work. I come out and I go to the gym. I am exhausted. You know, yeah. I come home to do homework or to do more work. And it just really impacts me. So even something as, as simple as you would think as sleep, if you're not really understanding how that's impacting other areas of your life, you know, it's, it's really going to take a toll on you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it does. This is me too. Like I, I was, uh, we were talking, uh, me and Amber talking before the show and we, we both said we didn't sleep really well last night. And I was like, I was restless. I was up like five times and I haven't done actually my metry life today and I will, but like, yeah, and I was like, I might take the day off of training, take an extra day off. Cause I just feel, you know, slow. Yeah. No, today is my, I, I went to sleep super. I was, I, wa I was watching that show money heist on TV last night. And <laughs> I, I knocked out, but I finished it and it was, you know, so now today I'm all sluggish. It's raining outside. I'm not in the mood to do much. So. I wish it was rainy here. I'm, I'm really weird. Sun is really exhausting for me. Like sunny weather is exhausting, but rainy weather, I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go. Really? No, I'm the opposite. Oh, I love sun. I'm yeah, sun, I, baby. I, no, it, sun, is ex I, I, sun is exhausting and like draining to me. Like it's pretty to look at, but like being in it. Do you think I, it would be different if you didn't live in California though? Because it's, no, it's so a, I grew up there. I grew up in Oregon where it is rainy and I liked it. And then I lived in Seattle too, where it's also very rainy and I liked it. And like, I enjoy sun, but like sun drains me. If I'm out in the sun for like an hour, I feel like I need to go like lay down for three. <laughs> okay, but you, you come live up here where it's like dark and gray for like six months and minus 30 oh, yeah. degrees and oh, yeah. then we'll I'm, talk. I'm, I mean, I'm happy. I mean, it's within Seattle. I'm happy as a clam. Like, because to me, that's refreshing because I, I can be outside and I'm not going to get sunburned. I'm not hot. I'm not like drained. Like, I, I'm, I'm weird. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's always been that way. Even though it gets super cold up here, I do think I prefer the snow and the cold over the rain because I just, I don't like being wet. <laughs> and I don't like the gray. It could be minus 30 and the sun is shining. So. Oh yeah, I'll take that. I, I like rain. I was that kid that when it started raining, I would go play in the rain. I was that kid. Yeah, you're just an emo kid at heart. I'm a, little, I'm a little goth baby. That's true. <laughs> I'm a goth baby with a pump. Like it's true, true, true. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> back to Metrolife. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, what were we talking about? Fuck, I don't know. I don't remember. Metrolife. Uh, we were talking about recovery and sleep and recovery, how Metrolife aids yes. in. You said it was raining. I said I wish it was raining. I'm sorry. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I mean, it, all, it all goes hand in hand, you know. And hmm. In order for you to be good, you know, you got to have your mental health okay, your sleep, you know, your biological needs okay, um, you know, physical health and all that stuff. It's a nice little balance wheel. So I, ha I have actually, this is... Um, I don't, I don't know if it's if it's like a professional question, but it is one that I've always wanted to ask mm -hmm. a professional. There is, especially since you do obviously work with like in sports performance, mm -hmm. are is when are is there an actual difference of the time? Because you know sometimes they say you know when you feel like shit, but 
Like, so you have to train, push through it. You'll feel better. Like, or pushing through, like, will help. It's to do. But at the same time, like we were just talking about, like, you have to listen to your body. It is a time to step back. Um, is there like in a professor, like professor, are there like a difference between the time or a way that to tell the difference between when it's a good, no, no, take a step back, take the day off. That is better. Or you know what? Maybe you'll be happier if you, if you push through, maybe there is a resilience mm-hmm. factor to that. Um, I don't know, actually, I haven't read any studies regardless. Um, I mean, um, I haven't read any studies about that specifically, but I would assume, um, this is just my opinion. Um, but I think I would assume that, um, it gets to a point where it's, once again, it's all about balance. I I, I tell my clients this all the time. If you ever remember anything from me or learn anything from me, it's, we got to be balanced, right? If there's some days that we're just really feeling like we, you know, we have so many other things going on and we really feel like we can't, then don't necessarily push yourself, but also don't take that as being super lenient because if that's the case, we would never do it right? Yeah. Every day I feel kind of like, <laughs> there's a very limited days where I'm just like, I feel great. Let me go train or let me go do yeah. something, you know? Yeah. So, but you know, the mental health benefits of exercise are great. Like, I mean, there's been so much research on that. So, um, you know, the days that you are feeling, at least for me, the days that I'm feeling crappy or feeling down or whatever, um, not necessarily because I'm tired or have other things going on, but just because my body is just tired. Um, when I go train, or go exercise or go do something active i feel so much better after like the endorphins really 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 help yeah and sometimes it's just about adjusting your your training you know and as to what it is like maybe it just don't go as hard that day you'll still go do it absolutely just adjust that you know adjust that intensity absolutely and i think that you know and for me um lifting was it's it's well not was is a way of of really releasing a lot of stress um i don't know if you guys are familiar with the term sublimation Mm-hmm. Um, um is, is that like the the body's like internalization of emotions essentially yeah it's a defense mechanism um okay. it's a mature type of defense mechanism where we where the body understands that okay you turn socially unacceptable behavior into socially acceptable behavior right mm-hmm. so if i'm really upset right i'm really really mad and i can't stand this one person and i want to go punch him in the face punch him in the face is what i want to do but if I do that, there's going to be consequences, right? Because that's right. socially unacceptable. So instead of taking my rage out on this particular person, I'll go and start doing, you know, boxing or something. You know what I mean? If I have, yeah. right. So it's just, it's, it's a healthy form of expression. Um, instead of internalizing all that, all that negative emotion, you yeah. do it in a way that's socially acceptable, but you're still releasing all that energy. So for me, um, you know, the days where, like you said, like maybe if I don't feel so good, right? For me, it helps. It definitely yeah. does help to go out and, and, and train and, and get all that stress and uncomfortable emotions out. Yeah. But it's important that you also deal with what's going on. And we oh, see that so much in powerlifting <laughs> where it's like, I'm an angry person. And the only reason I haven't killed someone is because I lift. Like, yes, I get Why are you angry? Maybe you deal with that. Yeah. yeah. I hear that all the time. It's like, you know, the, the gym, is my therapy lifting is my therapy lifting and the gym are therapeutic mm-hmm. it's not it's different yeah and then you really need to know the difference i'm not saying that that's gonna that's not gonna keep you sane or at you know at bay or or, or at least you know coping in the most appropriate ways but therapy is therapy 
you know, yeah. the gym is therapeutic, journaling is therapeutic, um, going for a run is therapeutic, but it's not therapy. You know, yeah. there's two different things and people don't understand because I, I get that. I, thank you for saying that because I get that all the time, right? Like, you know, lifting, it's, it's you know, it's my therapy. I, I When I'm really angry, I, I lift and that's fine. But why, where's that anger continuously coming from? Yeah. And why? And having, what are you going to do if it's taken away? You know? Yeah. yeah. Like right now. Like now. Yes. Yeah. These times they're like 10 pound dumbbells at home and they don't know what to do with themselves, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like. You don't have the gym, but you have access to therapy right now. Like that's, that's essential. You can reach um, a therapist right now. So deal with it. Right. And and once going back to the healthy mind movement really quick, you know, not only do I understand that, you know, a lot of people don't have this, you know, access to this sort of information just because it was not, it's, it's not what they studied or it's not their thing or whatever the case may be. Um, but also not everyone, like you said, has access to therapy and it is very, very, mm-hmm. very expensive. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. our, our mental health system, it's just not the best. Um, and do you guys in the States, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but do you guys in the States have, um, sliding scale? We do. Yes. We do. Okay. But even then, you know, the sliding scale sometimes, you know, um, if we don't, okay. So here's the thing. Let's say you have very limited income, right? Um, going back to Maslow's and his hierarchy of needs, right? If your basic needs are not being met, you're not going to think about absolutely anything else. I'm not going to think right. about my trauma when I was three if I don't know how I'm going to pay my rent this month, right? So if I have a limited income and I'm, it's just to get my basic needs met, you know, I am not going to use my money realistically for therapy, which could be very expensive, even with a sliding scale. But the mm. problem is that our mental health system is very much crisis intervention. Like it's very much you know, you have to be kind of bad enough to go get this help, right? Like, let me go get Baker acted or whatever the case may be, but sometimes you don't need all that. So I wanted to create a page or like a, some sort of platform where I'm giving people tools and insights and things like that for, so they can know how to take care of some things, some things on their own, or at least have more of an awareness in the case that they cannot get therapy in this right now, you know, the time being. It's kind of like, that's, what's that saying? The, you teach a man, what is it? The teach a man a fish. You take, you take you a man to fish. Man a fish. You feed him for a day. You teach him how to fish. Feed him for a life. Something kind of like that. Yeah. And I, and, and I, like, for me, I personally think you can do, with the right resources and with, like, some guidance and direction, you can do a lot of um, healing on your own if you're open to it. Because, I, I mean, I've had to do it. And, I, like I said, it's not... I mean, I'm, I'm sure, obviously, with, like, it's like with coaching. If I have a coach to help me lift, I will make more progress. 100%. But within my means and within the needs that I can, and it's the fact that I wanted to heal. I mm-hmm. wanted to get better. I wanted to address those things. And I've really tried very hard um, to, you know, to do that and to grow and, and to be aware. Um, so I, th- I think, you know, you, like, like you said, if, you know, if you just have a platform just to try to do stuff on your own and take it seriously, um, I think a lot of positive can come from that. Yeah, and it's and it's more like the educational piece. For me, the way I work and the way I learn is if I understand, if I truly understand how something works, I feel like I'm just more open to it anyway. Instead of saying just, you know, go to therapy or don't, don't do drugs or do, you know what I mean? It's like, why not, right? Because as human beings, we're just curious and we're going to do the opposite of what we're told anyway, right? So when we understand how our brain works and how it affects our 
daily living and how it affects our relationships and how it affects our daily life. And, you know, um, I think we're a lot more receptive to, to wanting to change whatever it is that we're going through. And then want, and then want more of it because if you get, you know, if I have positive, you know, if you share something on your, on your page and I get to apply it and it gives me positive result, then yeah, what's the, there's no way that I'm going to be like, man, if I actually work with her one, you know, directly, that'll probably be 10 times Mm-hmm. You know, more effective and like, that's, like you said when you understand and have that result you want more and you know as long as you understand and people understand that you know instagram and all these posts and like these quotes they're not it's not therapy it's inspiration right yeah. so if things if shit's really hitting the fan and you really need some help don't be reading and rereading my posts you know ask for help yeah right? so that there's a big difference yeah and I think like you said earlier, you said something earlier where, you know, our, the system is very crisis intervention. Like don't, it's, don't wait till it's a crisis. If you Absolutely. can, like, like just, it, just because maybe shit isn't hitting the fan right now, but it's struggling. Yeah. Like that, that's the first part of like shit hitting the fan. If you're struggling and that shit starts to like. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It piles up, you know, and it's yeah. so many things could be prevented, honestly. And it's mm-hmm. just that we don't know, or we're scared to speak up or whatever the case may be. You know, I'm a, I would love in a perfect world for mental health to be taught in elementary school, you know, teach little kids, Hey, when you're really angry, you know, do this. Or when you have, when you're anxious, learn how to breathe this way or ask for help. Make sure here's a therapist. This is what therapists do. Um, it's really important. And I'm my, one of my best friends, she's, um, she's a teacher. She teaches elementary and she invited me to do, um, career day. So I went over there and I was teaching, it was like second graders and, um, I was teaching them coping skills and I did little coping skills flashcards with them. And they loved it. Like, you know, when, I was, when you're really, really mad and you want to hit or, you know, you know, squeeze your fists really, really hard for 10 seconds. And then you, and you let go. And, you know, they loved all that stuff because it was very much interactive. But if kids learn how to do this at an early age, it could prevent so many problems later on in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was lucky enough. Um, my dad got me into um, martial arts when I was young, mm-hmm. like very young. I was about, I was about five. I just turning five. And, um, so I always had a place to, um, go and have an outlet. Yeah. I could could go hit a bag. And if I was upset, I could go hit a bag and Mm -hmm. then like, you know, you were taught to meditate because it was an old, like like, traditional style, like karate school. So like you had to meditate. So if you had an out, I actually remember my, my teacher, if you had an outburst, he would let, he would, you know, go and like hit with you. And then you had to sit and, and then, you know, you have a small, you know, small little discussion about it, and you ask if you feel better. Like, yeah, okay, cool, go back to class. Like, yeah. I was really fortunate to have that. Absolutely, no, no, yeah, and I, you know, I think that's very, very important for all of us to have. You know, some, some, you know, we have. It's important to have something that we're passionate. You know, work, you know, school or whatever, but then also have something for you that it's your your go to. You know, your go to stress reliever when you're feeling you know down or whatever. It's really important to have that as well. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know what any of that was as a kid. Um, anxiety, stress. Like I had anxiety attacks uh, probably starting since the age of six. Um, I didn't know what they were. I just remember not being able to breathe and chest pain and not being told what they were or why I was having them. Um, 
yeah, and then I developed anorexia at 13, 14, and that was a coping mechanism for me. But I didn't understand what I was feeling because nobody in my family, schools never taught me how to deal with anything. They didn't see what was going on behind closed doors, you know? Of course. Yeah. Um, so I, I didn't understand anything until I was about 25. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's scary. That, that's, that's really scary to think about. Like that kids still today are not uh, understanding that. Of course not. And knowing things like anxiety, you know, anxiety is a pretty common and normal human human feeling right but when it becomes mm -hmm. so to the point where it's like anxiety attacks and panic attacks and it's consuming you and it's taking over your well-being it's really really scary and you know um for p that's why people do you know develop eating disorders or um you know cutting and things like that it's a form of control when they don't understand mm -hmm. what's going on in your body especially as a little kid you don't know what's happening so you mm -hmm. feel so out of control that you grasp and hold on to anything that you feel in control with whether it's mm -hmm you're controlling your food intake, whether it's controlling your physical pain, whether it's controlling whatever, you know, and it's, you try to make sense of it on your own, but not realizing that it's going to hurt you so much more, you know? Yeah. And I think I, and then as kids, like you, I think kids are very black and white. It's hard to grasp that as a whole. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. you said, you're just going to, whatever control you have, you're going to take. And I mean, and really it's just like, as long as you can do that right now, that's really all you can Think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Because foresight in a child is not, you know, not, it's hard to teach. It's really hard. And um, before I was working with inmates, I used to be a therapist for, for children. Um, and it was so, I think inmates are so much easier. Like it's ridiculous. Kids are so hard to work with because you're not mm -hmm. only dealing with the, what the child is going through, but you're also having to deal with the parents. Yeah. Because a big chunk of the time is the parents. Who, yeah. you know what I mean it's, mm -hmm. it's it's a lot and I was like oh my god working in jail is significantly easier than working with children I'm telling yeah. you this, it's ridiculous because not because like that you're all you're not only have, like you said working with their parents and that influence how they're yeah. interpreting that influence and the fact that this person or this little person are still developing I mean we we keep developing to like what 27 like mentally yeah, right. so it's like you have a child who's in that stage of impression and all they know is extremisms and really black and white and like it's confusing it's very yeah. it's hard yeah it, it's noticeable how like I didn't really start thinking about my future until I was about 20 26 mm -hmm. and knowing people that age now they, they don't they don't think about the future it's like well that's a future problem because they haven't developed that yeah. part of their brain yet and I'm 29 now I've been through enough still developing myself but it's like you you see that now and you're like holy crap right i hope that comes but like you need to figure that out so that still hasn't been uh, yeah. created in your brain mm -hmm. to see down the future to see the consequences of your actions yeah. absolutely you know and yeah i seen i i think i was like you I'm, I'm also 29 and i remember like my early 20s i was i felt like I, everyone was like you you have your your life together you know and it's like you know you're going to school you're doing this but i'm like in my mind i was like i am just so like you know boss the wall like i was just like all over the place mm -hmm. you know and like that mentality where i didn't think about the future i didn't think about consequences i was just i don't know you just want to think right now I just, All yeah, that matters is like right now. And I learned that no, 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 no. I mean, I'm grateful 
for the mistakes that I've done in my life and the even the course. negative experiences because it's really, really helped. You know, it, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, even the worst times and the, my shitty decisions in life. Um, but it, it's made me who I am today and it's made me learn. Right? You, you learn from experience. I, I, yeah. People can tell you all the time, don't do it. Don't do it. Then you do it and you're like, gosh, I should not go there. <laughs> but yeah. you do it anyway, you know? Uh, I I was a, I was always a, I mean I think we've established that I'm an odd duck when it comes to most most things but I actually I loved not learning things the hard way like whenever someone told me something I was like oh cool I don't have to deal with that I, oh, I, I, you're I, smart I mean I don't know about smart but I was more lazy I was like oh I don't have like like I I never went like when, like in high school I never went to high school parties because I always heard there's always trouble. It always troubles. There's always going to be something that happens. And so I, like, I, I stay, I didn't deal with them. I didn't, you know, yeah, I, I did I just stayed away. And so if someone who I liked, you know, told me something that sounded horrible, I, I wanted nothing to do with it. And I, then I didn't, you know, like it, and that, and that was me. So one of people like, Oh, like, I'm going to find out for myself. I was like, why? Like, <laughs> no one else did. <laughs> That was me, okay? I'm like, that sounds horrible. I'm down. <laughs> yeah, I'm down. You know, and like, I was like, people are like, no, like, like, you know, it's, you know, don't, you don't, don't sniff, and, don't, you know, don't snort amphetamines. It's horrible. I'm like, cool, like, I won't. Like, and I didn't. Like, I'm like, I mean, you know, like, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I, I liked, I don't know. It may, it may be part of my, like, identity, and actually, I know, I know this for a fact. Like, part of my identity came from being, like, the guy who, didn't do stupid shit like you know like I, I've, I only got sh- I've only been shit faced twice in my life well, twice good. first time I woke up with a tattoo second time was not as intense and nothing bad happened but after that I was like you know what I don't want to do that anymore. what was what was the tattoo um <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you get it on your question. butt <laughs> it, it, it was um it was a stupid ass martini glass like <laughs> fuck you both okay i was not i don't remember getting it in my okay. defense it was a martini party like it was like a theme okay party. so it was like themed and festive too yeah okay. and uh it actually was my chest like obviously like so you see it's covered now okay okay but that was yeah that one point it was and not only was it a martini glass my dumb extra ass at 19 um was like it should be halfway knocked over and like music notes coming out of it, like just ridiculous. <laughs> and no one was like, "Hey, bro, maybe don't do that. Maybe do something." <laughs> no, they're always like, "Yeah, let him do it." Like, <laughs> that's great. You see, that that stuff builds character. Yeah. So then after that, I was like, and so then I, obviously the next morning, like I don't remember getting it. I blacked out. The next morning, I wake up on the floor, um, you know, sick, um, and my chest hurts. And I remember like having to like go and like just throw, go have a spit and like my fucking chest is hurting. And I grab my chest as I'm like, Bleh. and I look and I'm like, my hand is black. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And I look, you know, my, it's just all like gushy. And I'm like, uh. it was a bad. So not only did you get a tattoo drunk, but you also got drunk illegally because you're 19. It's true. What? You're a there's rebel. A lot of things going on. There's story. a lot of things going on there. 
Um, I will say I woke up and my hair was still perfect. So okay, that's a good thing. <laughs> I, I remember that. I remember being like, of all that's going on right now, like, oh. I still look good. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, and I didn't walk after that. I got, I, I did, I did get kind of drunk on my twenty-first birthday, but not that bad at all. And after that, that's that was the last time that I was sh shitty. Mhm. Mm that's yeah. good. But you see, you learn from experience, and then you don't really do it again because you don't want to feel like that way anymore. No, but of course we know people who then still do. Like no matter how <laughs> shitty they get, and I just I never got it. It's like why, why, what? More than once or twice. What's what's it gonna take? Dude? Right. Right. Like, you know, like, but you're, and, and then I know people that they have like a tortured artist syndrome mm -hmm. where they, where in the sense they are so, they, they uh, identify so much with their pain or their problems that they actually don't really know themselves if they don't have that problem. Yes. So they keep facilitating, you know, getting shammered or whatever it is because the, they don't know who they will be without that part of their identity. Yeah, exactly. That's it. And it that just becomes their identity. And that even goes hand in hand with mental illness. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people romanticize mental illness, you know, and it's like, there's nothing to be romanticizing. It's not, no. you know, or like, um, or even, you know, um, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I find them pretty funny too. Sometimes it's like the memes and it's like the depression memes and some of them are really funny, you know, like, uh, you know, or things like that. But it's like, at the same time, it's like, um, some people just hold on to that identity so much so that it's just, mm -hmm. they, they laugh it off, right? Like, this is who I am. And it's like, yeah. you know, it's like, it's, they, they make it something like popular or cool or romanticized where in reality, there's a lot of people who really, really, really struggle with like mental illness and it's, and it sucks, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, I mean, we actually do it. Like one of our, the first shows that um, Amber and I did uh, mm -hmm. together, we, we, uh, we titled it Strength Dysmorphia. Kind of mm -hmm. like we were like yeah. pilots. We have body dysmorphia, but it's more of a strength dysmorphia that goes into it. Um, and you know, and, and we even said that, like, yeah, we kind of joke about it, like, haha, body dysmorphia, but it's, it's actually fully true. Like, yeah, I, I did, I definitely have that. Like, every I go, you know, you go look in the morning, you're like, mm, I look, I'm looking skinny and weak, and I don't like it. I don't like it. No. So. Or yeah, like, also, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll use this example because Nicholas, you call me out on, on it all the time. Um, I've I never call myself, call you out I call, on anything. Yes, you do all the freaking time. Bullshit. But I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, I call myself a potato. To me, it's not a big deal. But oh, yeah. it's because I perceive myself mm -hmm. in like this negative way. Right. Um, and not that I'm trying to use that silly little term in a negative way but it's, it's like it can be seen that way and rather than thinking like you're fat or, or putting that towards yeah. your identity yeah because you know what you think is eventually what you are what you become and yeah I, I'm kind of like losing my train of thought here but basically I use that towards myself all the time as almost like an identity Mm -hmm. in regards to what we were talking about and it's not positive mm -hmm. yeah no I, I did call it. I did so there was one day she said that on herself but I don't know what it was I was feeling very oh I actually do know what it was so like a couple weeks <laughs> we ago weren't, I, lost, I was not having a good day okay. you weren't having a good day I actually I wasn't also I, I had I lost a couple weeks ago I lost two friends in the same week oh my god I'm really sorry yeah one of one of them passed away from autoimmune complications the other one passed away from a heart attack both wow. of which who I saw just both of them two weeks prior like 
within a day of each other, or even the same day, I don't quite remember. Um, so I was, I was quite in my feels, and like, obviously, even towards my friends, and she said that about herself, and I just, I, I definitely, lovingly was just like, hey, dude, I, I really don't like that you do that, and like, I really hate it when you say that about yourself. Um, and yeah, yeah, I did, I did call her out on that, because it's, I, I told her, I was like, I think it's very, it's an outdated thing, like, you're not a potato, like, you're not. You're, you're a lovely, strong person, and I adore you. And it's not a reality, but you say that about yourself because we 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 do it to ourselves. To like, right? Yeah, we do that all the time. Right? We we have this, even if it's in a joking manner. Um, it's like a protection mechanism. It is. It is yeah. definitely. You're you're defending your own feelings, or you're you're just, you're you know, and, and it's it happens. Um, it's funny that you say that I, I, I do that to myself all the time. Like, Oh my God, I look like a sack of potato or whatever. You're, you know, you're kidding around. I have a friend who always tells me that, like, you know, potatoes are, are awesome. Cause you say it as a negative way, but it's like, potatoes are awesome. You can fry them, you can bake them, you can mash them. They taste great. You know, it's just, it's how you're saying it, you know, and it's that yeah. projection and how you see yourself. Um, yeah. and it's, that's really, really important. And how we see ourselves, it's also how others see us right? Mm-hmm. And that's really, really, really important. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, and it, we always hear like, you know, don't worry about what other people think of you. It's about what you think about yourself. Um, but I, I, I've always believed that there are some people who sometimes should see yourself through their eyes because they see you in such a you know, wonderful way because they, you know, think very highly of you right. that a lot of us could do really well to actually take a second and and see ourselves through how our lens, friend yeah. sees us. And like through that lens cap and be like, you know what? Maybe I'm not a potato. Maybe I'm not a sack of shit. Maybe I'm not, you know. Right. Like, no, 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 definitely. Um, when we have like a negative self-image, and I'm not saying that it has to be extreme either. You know, even like the slightest little bit of negative self-image. Um, when other people tell us how they see us, we're like, what? <laughs> what is that? I'm yeah. sorry. People, I don't know how to turn this off. It's like texting me through the computer and I don't know if you can hear it. <laughs> You are, uh, oh, just, I mean, yeah, we can, but you're just positive. Sure. <laughs> I don't know if it's texting me, so I'm sorry. But, um, yeah, oh, there it goes again. I don't know how to turn this off. What's it like being popular, Miranda? Tell us, we're not popular. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I, is it, is it fun? Can I remove like, this cool? from talk? Yeah, let me see. <laughs> I don't know. I'm usually not very popular. I don't know what's going on. I think it's the it's, rain. It's, it's that one know. thing where you won't get a call from anyone. But the today, right now, <laughs> on a date, you're doing something. Also, everyone's like, "Oh my God, I miss you." You're like, "Thanks right. for you. Right. Everyone wants to talk to me. They never want to talk to me, but right now, it's um, um you know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Sure, sure. <laughs> Mr. Five. Oh, I um, so, uh, you know, I, I I do want to get into um, though your district, your like the kind of the topic, your dissertation of emotion. Know, and performance and the effect thereof because obviously it is a lifting challenge. So um, what, I mean, you kind of said kind of how that came about. What has kind of been your, your or if you wanted to summarize it and like kind of share like maybe some cool tidbits that you've learned um, in the process of that. So, well, for me was that, um, so my specialization, like I said, is general psychology. So basically, I just focus on like the study of the mind, you know, the cognition, the perception, the behavior, emotion, everything kind of as a whole. Um, but when I was focusing on, you know, the what goes through people's minds right before the attempt to lift like a super heavy amount of weight, um, I realized, like I said, that there's not much 
um, of that information when it comes to strength athletes. They have some and some research already done on athletes as a whole, um, just not specifically in the strength community. So that's what I, that's what I was focusing on. So, um, my official topic is I had to change this like eight times <laughs> to get the wording right, but, um, it's officially, um, the experience of utilizing emotional states to enhance performance among strength athletes. Um, you know, and it's, it's definitely a pretty new, relatively new topic. So it's, it needs a little bit of an exploratory approach. So like the, the, it's been, I'm having a little bit of difficulty getting everything kind of put together just because of the lack of research. It's making it that much harder. Um, but I brought this upon myself because I, I was warned and I was like, you know what? No, I'm just going to do it. But, um, I think that so far we know that the supporting literature states that there's, you know, pre-event emotions can really affect performance in athletes as a whole. Um, you know, if you're feeling really anxious right before a meet or if you're feeling really hyped up, you know, that stuff obviously has a big influence on how your performance will be. Um, and, you know, the existing research kind of shows that, you know, on emotional and psychological states, um, there is that gap. So that's what I'm trying to fill through my, through my research. Nice. Um, has, what has maybe been kind of like a, I don't want to say breakthrough, but like maybe a cool like milestone in the research so far or like. So my research is, um, this whole COVID experience has halted it a little bit, um, just because I'm doing a qualitative study and qualitative basically just means that it's, I'm not focusing necessarily on numbers per se. I'm focusing on people's experience. So, um, it was, it's a lot more direct, um, interaction but um so far um i i had my 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 summer was or this past semester plus this summer was dedicated to my whole research but everything was put on a halt just because like the whole circumstances but um so far um you know i have a foundation of people who i want to use as participants um because i feel that are two extremes so um and i wanted to focus on people like i said who are they, I know for a fact, go through really intense measures to get ready. And some people who are a little bit more soundness of, you know, have a soundness of mind. Um, but, um, but yeah, it should be interesting to see. And I feel like every time I say my dissertation topic, everyone's like, yeah, I always thought that too. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. yeah. And everyone says that. And I'm like, yeah, me too. But I was just like, I want to, I want to back it up with research and see what research has to say. Yeah, actually, yeah, give it a, give it some peer-reviewed validity. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, it's like, is it true? Like, do, like, for example, you guys, I don't know, what what works better for you? Are you guys more calm, or do you guys have to hype yourself up? Amber, you can go first. Um, we have talked about this quite, a, actually, a good few times, yeah. Yeah, um, I would say a bit of both, but I, I do feel like I perform better in a calm and positive state um like i can i can perform listening to a podcaster in complete silence you know what i mean like i don't need blaring music i don't i don't need i don't need i don't need um um, and i've I've been through both um so last year just with the people that i was hanging out with um that's how they like to lift okay and it was great at the time um but going into this year uh really trying to reel things in and um, use visualization a lot more and be in a very calm state, I have found that I perform better um, with a calm mind. It's just like, 
I, I did weightlifting for two years, Olympic weightlifting, and it, I performed better that way as well. You know, like, um, I think the quote is, uh, warm mind, cold body, or mm-hmm. sorry, warm body, cold mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I, I kind of take that into powerlifting now and I'm finding that it, it's much better for me. Yeah. I, I, I'm the same way. I don't necessarily, if music is there, that's cool, but I don't necessarily need music, which is very weird. No. Cause everyone's like, that's super strange. And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't. Oh yeah. I've been called like a serial like, killer. Yeah. yeah. You're like, that's <laughs> you're just, like lifting 400 pounds. No big, no big deal. But well, you are a serial killer. Just <laughs> the, the, the serial kind. Uh, serial. Like the Cocoa Puffs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely different, but, um, but that's, that's definitely interesting to hear. Yeah. Um, so mine, mine's actually has kind of has been a wave of things. So when I was younger, I was, a I was kind of, a, I was a little spitfire. Um, okay. <laughs> and I, I definitely had a temp, like, not a, eh, yeah, a temper, but I was mm-hmm. easily excitable. And, um, that's why I got martial arts because I got into fights with bullies at school, specifically bullies. I didn't bully, but I got into fights with bullies. Um, <laughs> so you're like, you're a vigilante. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it may have been that I read too many comments. It may have been that may uh, or may not have had something to do with it. Um, so I, I was like, I would get really amped up really you know, quick. So when I got into martial arts, they did a lot to like get me to calm down or to be a little bit more focused and a little bit more stoic and not so um, emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did. And, but I definitely think they took it too far. Mm-hmm. And I was not, and I went through a period where I, I was not allowed to, because that, that when you, you know, I am a bit ADHD and my energetic self is a, can be a good thing when it's used properly. Right. So I, I got, I was a bit muzzled in that. So when I got into lifting, um, when I wanted to get back into the competitive, and that's why I like martial arts because I could in sparring let loose. And that's when I would shine because I could do that under those guidelines. That was the okay zone that I could do that. Um, um, but obviously, without sparring, I really didn't have that outlet. Mm-hmm. Well, there wasn't. There's another outlet for that, but that's a little bit more private. Um, but that, not not in a socially acceptable outlet. <laughs> <laughs> that means sex. Um, anyway, so. <laughs> 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 I love her uh, face. So, it was just so, like, yeah, no. <laughs> she's, she's like, why am I your friend? When I started lifting, um, but I, I still suffered from the same problem where I, I was a bit too, like, I was a bit too muzzled. So mm-hmm. most of my friends I started lifting with, they're like, you need to commit more to it. Like you need to, you need to fucking, you know, you, you have to commit to the weight. You have to go hundred percent. You can't do this like half halfway shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started actually allowing myself to kind of get a little bit more amped up. So hence, you know, hit ammonia, you know, my buddy would come in like and smack me up in the back just to really get me going. Mm-hmm. And it was really nice actually to have like, yeah. a socially acceptable outlet to like, let kind of have that, um, mm-hmm. that energy. And so for the first year of my lifting, I definitely would allow that. And it, it actually helped me because I, I got to know what that's like again. And I loved it. Um, since then, though, that only goes so far, um, and getting overly excited, and now it has shifted more to kind of like what Amber said, where I 
I really like like technique over hype. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like music. Music does help me focus. Yeah. Um, some, you know, when you kind of just hits just right, kind of like zones you in. Okay. But at the same time, I don't need it now. Like now mm-hmm. I feel like I've gotten to the point where I appreciate, I still appreciate hype. Like I still appreciate working out people. Um, during meets, I, I still love it if a buddy gives me a big old trap slap and I, I like that, that physical jolt. Yeah. But um, it's definitely a little bit more fo- distilled, a little bit more focused. And I feel like I get more out of it now because I just kind of have that honed in. So for mine has kind of shifted um, through, you know, learning it. And, um, but I appreciate all kinds. And like, I still love going to meets. I love getting yelled at. Like, I do love that. I do like that energy. And I do like, you know, I do like, you know, getting smacked. And I do enjoy, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. You laugh at the smack comment. Okay, we can laugh at that. Um, but yeah, so mine has definitely shifted. And I enjoy both. I think actually now I can like, depending on the situation. Okay. So. No, that makes sense. You know, and I think that as like, as we just get older or we just progress through life, you know, we or, or habits change or, or likes change. Mm-hmm. That's a part of life. Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's cool to see that, you know, looking back, you know, Oh my God, when I was 22, I can't believe this is what I, my hair looked this way or this is what I liked. And now you're like, Oh my God, never, <laughs> I would not do that. Yeah. <laughs> That's always really interesting to see. It's just progression of life growth. Yeah. And I think it's really funny. Like kind of what I like about, you know, our sports, like at a meet, you see somebody, I actually like to see with someone who's usually like really calm when they do yeah. like, get a little, a little bit, high, like a little bit, like, they, you know, again, you just like take a trap slap or someone smacks them in the butt and you see their eyes just kind of like light up. Like, Oh, it's go time. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, who's like actually really fun to watch compete is Paul, Paul and Ede. Really? <laughs> he's, he's like such a calm, cool cat usually most of the time. And then he gets yeah. like, he'll get up on the platform and I've only seen him compete like two or three times now, but like he'll let out like a little, I wanted to say Yelp, but that sounds like really sad. Like he's a- <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like yell, but like, he, yeah, he just, like he's, su- he's super calm and collected as he gets up onto the platform and then he just like releases a little bit of like that energy mm-hmm. and you're like, all right, shit's going to happen. Yeah. And That's it's like, to see. it's kind of cool to watch. Yeah. yeah. That I, Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was saying that that balance is cool. It's, it's different. Yeah. And and, and like, it kind of like you said about social acceptance, like we can't always like, you know, like let out like, you know, that kind of like, yeah, you know, that, that yell of aggression or have that, you know, in a normal day. Like you can't just growl at people. But you can growl and, and yell obscenities at the bar before you lift it. Like that's fine. Like it's kind of nice. It's a nice outlet. Like one, one of the first guys I started lifting with, I shit you not, every fucking time we were squatting, and it was a heavy squat, and, and he didn't do a it for attention. He would, he would do it. No one was watching because, like, I would hear him. Every time he started to get under the bar, he's like, he would just, he would tell, he would just, he's like, all right, come, you know, he starts talking to himself. He's like, ah, oh, suck my dick, bitch. Like, every time. <laughs> like, that was, like, the go-to squat <laughs> for him. <laughs> yeah, like, before, like, he would unrack. Yeah, suck my dick, bitch. And then he would squat. He was like, yeah, dick suck. Like, I don't. Every okay, time. that's amazing, and I totally want to use him for science, okay? Yeah, like. that, honestly, that guy should be studied for science. He was. Like, I'm so curious as to what is going through his mind. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, right. 
Yeah, I don't know. He 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 what he should be studied, like honestly. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> he would just you know, or like um I I, I know a couple people who um who are uh, a lifter who is autistic. Mm. Like um like you know, and sometimes he doesn't know when he says something out loud or in his head. So oh. he'll be like mid-lift and just say some obscene thing and he honestly not yeah, and everyone's like wow he's he's really intense i'm mean, actually he doesn't know okay <laughs> he'll find out he'll, he like looks at the video like oh yeah I was like, that oh was not, my god i am sorry yeah I, yeah I mean, he's not sorry he's like I, I did that but like, yeah but yeah, he will say like like really funny things uh, one thing i just can't get my head around is when people um like slap themselves or bash their head into say like the barbell um i I don't understand that it doesn't work for me at all um i think i would just give myself a concussion yeah you know i've never but like i'm gonna oh god (laughs) my girlfriend does it she was benching and she was on the side of the rack smoking her head against the rack like some scary horror movie child thing i'm like help what yeah. but it works i don't i don't i don't understand it yeah i mean i i will say like and again like there probably is some deep-seatedness to this but like kind of like when i say like i like getting trap slapped there's something about getting you know i had it when i was sparring too like That's i would start different than bashing your head into a rack well i mean it's a physical contact yeah. thing. <laughs> it, it's like a trigger and i have in the sparring like you i would start like even i competed like i did competitive like sparring yeah. and in like it was always you know all fun and games but as soon as i got cracked once it was like ooh, it's go time like <laughs> oh yeah that, was a, that flipped a switch and there's something about that like you know that little that tap yeah. that kind of ringing of the bell that well because it sets you into fight mode mm-hmm. yeah but it also was kind of like uh ooh, you know like <laughs> Uh, like you like it a little bit too much. It's the same way with chop slaps. Like I have a, bu- a buddy of mine, Eli. Eli's My mind just went right down to the gutter, like right through the gutter. Oh, I mean, you're not wrong. Whatever you think is wrong. It's not wrong at all. There's definitely a connection there. Um, you know, like yeah, my buddy Eli, he will, he just he slaps the shit out of you. Like I, I have I have pictures of after my last meet the next day, my like my traps, I was like bruised. And like that hurt more than the rest of my body, but like he just fucking is wham and man, whew. It's like a rush. I mean, I'm assuming it's like, I mean, I, I can only guess or assume, but it's like it must be your fight or flight. It kicks in, right? Like yeah. that rush, that adrenaline rush. Yeah, it's an adrenaline, but I mean, it's but you kind of get. I mean, for me, I get giddy. Like I get, I get like excited and like, oh, it's like it's okay. Like again, it's that go that go time almost, or it's like a like it's the sign that it's okay to be like that. Like you know, you're getting that like. <laughs> you know okay that's good a little, a little it's a little slap and tickle and everything's fine like cool. right, 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 right. oh yeah it's like your whole body just starts to tingle yeah exactly yeah tingle like it's the tingles like your nervous system just lights up like your spine is just ready to go like cool <laughs> yeah no I'm, I'm definitely there's definitely connections there now that i say yeah. it out loud for sure yeah, yeah. yeah. so definitely yeah. some deep root stuff Maybe. I'm not mad at it, though. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to solve that trauma. I think I'm going to keep that one. Thank you. <laughs> Is it trauma? So you don't need to. You know, right, right, right. It's, it's fine. If it's fine. This yeah. one's cool. This one, this one I like. 
Yeah. We've been locked up for too long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> talking um, about masturbation with Paul O'Neill, and now we're talking about true. slapping and sex. <laughs> I mean, I talk about that anyway. I, I think that adults, oh. it's just consensual. It's just, it's like it's consensual fun between adults. Like it's fine. I agree. I think I I prefer, and I, I usually gravitate toward people who are super open, like super open minded. It's like there's nothing that I've heard that is like, oh my god, that is so like I don't know. I I, I love people who are very open, and it's it's part of life. I think as long as you're not hurting somebody else. Yeah. Like as long as, free, yeah. As like, long as it's. Yeah, these consensual adults like that's good. exactly. Yeah, no, when it's not obviously not consensual, then that's a fucking problem. Yeah, the non-consensual like, part would be the, the yeah, that's else. that's a felony. Like that's not okay. Right. Like, that's a, yeah. <laughs> like it's real. The the line between fun and felony is just one right. word of yes or no. Like that's absolutely, absolutely you know. But yeah. as long as it's you know consensual, it's it's part of life. Yeah. It, it but like is, it's, I, it's just it, it is honestly interesting because it does correlate back to lifting like yeah. the same so the same chemicals can go through your body yeah, yeah absolutely i i actually used to when i when i was competing more again in, in using martial arts example i am uh it was a weird like observation for me and it sounds funny but i really do think there's some validity to it so like i used to say like that some of the two most intimate things you can do with a person is either fight them or fuck them Mm-hmm. Because they're both physical, they're both physical, like right, right. interact, like intense. Right, right, right. I have you know sparring partners, so I I would work out with them for hours, you know, six to seven days a week, and I'm still very close with them. Like, I mean, obviously, it's it like we kind of have that like intimate friendship because we bled together, sweat on each other, like you know, like we banged each other up, like we've we've fucked each other up, and then afterwards we're like, I love you, thanks, buddy. Yeah, right. you know, like it's weird but like you do have that very, and you get to know the person because it's very honest and i'm a very i'm a mechanoreceptive kinesthetic person like me being in person with someone i understand better talking like so the idea of like you know like you just kind of get to know them there's honesty there it's like it's a unadult, same thing with being vulnerable like with sex and or it's just that physical honesty you can't hide there's no lie there's no you, know, you you can't unless there's like substance alteration maybe but like for the most part in, in an actual sense like it's it's a yeah it's a very honest like vulnerable yeah thing. yeah when you're when when at the time we're we're when we're most vulnerable is when you know a lot of truth comes out and you get to know mm-hmm. the real person someone wants to know what we're talking about tell them they're not invited until it's released <laughs> i don't know how to turn this off i am so sorry Right. It's on my desk, on my thing, but I don't know how to turn it off. I'm usually not this popular. I'm not that cool where I'm having Lies. people just texting me all day, every day. Lies. <laughs> That's Spanish for liar, Amber. I don't know if you know Spanish. I, I want to say, do I look like I know Spanish? But I've been, people say that I look like I'm Spanish or... No, you don't, you don't look what's in I'm like, no, no. I, sometimes when I've seen you tan, like I've seen picture, or at least like in the picture, your skin looks darker. I would say you look like some like Native American, maybe. Oh, I get it all the yeah. time. All the time. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, I thought you were Aboriginal. Like, no. Like, <laughs> yeah. the, fur, the furthest from it, like <laughs> Ukrainian, very, very Ukrainian. Little bit of English. 
It's the dark hair, the cheeks. It is. Well, if you're, I mean, you could be Kazakhstanian. Those, like, they're part of, they're, like, really close to Ukraine, and they had really, like, dark hair, dark features. Like, pretty awesome. Anyway. <laughs> so, you're just as bad as we are with tangents, and it doesn't help. <laughs> Listen, I can talk. It's literally what I do for a living. I just talk. <laughs> I just yeah. talk and talk and talk. Yeah. So, <laughs> especially, yeah, for me talking, I just, I have no problem, like, I'm, I feel like I'm really awkward, but at the same time, like, I can just talk out of my ass and just <laughs> talk. Yeah. Um, yes. I'm just like, and, like, you know, it's, the more awkward or more nervous I get, the more I even talk. And it's like, yeah. I'm still just shut up. <laughs> but I, I get, and then for me, like, when I, kind of like what you said, I get excited, like, when you have other awkward people or people who are open or just as much yeah. as you, and you're like, oh, cool, I can be, I can be myself. I get excited. And yeah. then I... I go off on tangents. Absolutely. Um, and you're like, why the hell did I just say that? Yeah. And then you're like, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> but now I can't stop. So you just yeah. keep on going. Uh, that was um, when I first started my show. That was one of the like criticisms I had gotten back. They're like, hey, you know, you should let the guests talk more. And I was like, okay, well, sorry. And you're not wrong, but fuck. I don't know. I was, ha I was happy to have them there. Right? I'm excited. I'm sorry. No, sorry. I think you're a good job. Thank you. I think we've done a pretty good job with like letting yeah. the guests talk this like. Well, yeah, we this was like, really I've learned. I, I have yeah. learned more, but back then I definitely like my, um, I don't know if you know who Melissa Grix is. I know you do, Amber, but um, Miranda, if you know who Melissa Grix, she's actually based in Florida. She's a lifter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, carbs and PR. So I had her on. Oh, yeah. and I know I, everyone by their Instagram name. Instagram name. <laughs> yeah, carbs and PR. I'm like, who is that? I'm like, okay. I yeah. <laughs> Yeah, carbs and PRs. So um, I love Melissa. We're we're homies, and I love and we get along. And I loved having her on. And when she was on, I was so excited to bullshit with her. Uh, I def there was I mean the, most of the beginning of it, I definitely monopolized that conversation. That was the like when I got that comment was after that, and I was like, oh, I didn't. Do that. <laughs> That's good constructive criticism. I take that all the time. I love when people tell me you know, you know, this is my recommendation. This is my opinion. I love it. And I take it all in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I had to get better at that because I have golden boy syndrome. So when I fuck up or I do something wrong, I'm like, I'll be hating forever. How can I, how can I get redeem myself? So, no, I think you did a good job. Thanks. I appreciate your validation. <laughs> You're welcome. I need, I need it. I need it. <laughs> no, but this is cool. And um, I'm really happy you guys. Thank you so much for, for letting me come here and talk about the healthy mind movement and mental health because i'm super super passionate about mental health if you haven't noticed already yeah but, uh, and, I love it. <laughs> and honestly we are too that's actually we, most oh, yeah. of the like episode ideas that amber and i have had whenever wherever we talk it usually has to do with mental health like mental health like on peds mental health within the sport you know like that it's for, for us too all right y'all that was Ms. Crystal Miranda of the Healthy Mind Movement. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys took something from that. Ms. Crystal actually is the last guest of this season. And again, we do about you know 10 episode seasons here on the show. The last of these episodes will actually be just me and Ms. Amber Dawn shooting the shit and just slightly changing it up, maybe looking back on all the guests we've had, what we've learned. Um, our time doing it. Obviously, it's the first season with co-hosts and with Miss Amber Don, who's done a fantastic job. Um, you know, Amber, I love you. This has been 
what it has been because of you coming onto the show and being a part of it. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you. You're my ride or die bitch. And you really are just the best around. So thank you so much. And thank you all for always listening and continue to listen. And you know, we'll keep churning them out. Um, yeah, just getting by and you know, hopefully just providing some sort of fun entertainment and some informational value to you folks during this time. So, thank you again for tuning in to the Nerds Who Live podcast. Oh, what? Oh, what?